This is Quit, a show about change, the challenges of improving your career, making tough decisions, and hopefully starting something awesome. I am your host, Dan Benjamin, and you know, it has been a little while since I was here talking to you on this program. And uh, in fact, I did some research before the show started, and uh, it turns out that we're just about a month and a half from the last uh, a month and a half plus three years since the last time that we, we did a show. It was uh, December 15th, 2017. We did a 55-minute, 50 50-second 50 show. Uh, Hattie, how are you doing? Hi, Dan. Now, how you're not you? going to be on, the, uh, no. on a camera today. We don't have a camera no. for you yet. But then you said you didn't want a camera. You don't want to be on camera because you're cocooning. Oh, am I? Is that... <laughs> I don't know. There's something that you said. So, uh, anyway... Um, it has been a little while and why has it been a while? I took a break. I took a break from a lot of shows, uh, and quit was the hardest one for me to, to take a break from for a number of reasons, primarily because it's the show that is the most near and dear to my heart. It's the one that I enjoy doing the most. I love the show. I love the listeners. I love the people who call in. I love the people who write in. I've got a handful of emails from people who, when they heard that I was doing the show, they said, I've, I've got to write in. I'm going to drop everything that I'm doing. And I'm going to write into Dan because he's going to set me straight. And I appreciate that. I, I, I need to set people straight. That's what this show is all about. And, uh, and, and I've got a sponsor already. So, I mean, how does this happen? It's magic. It just, and here's the show and we're back. And so I'm glad to be back. And, and so many people, Hattie, when I tweeted that I was starting the show back up again, so many people said, this is great and that you helped me so much and that just nothing could make me feel happier. Like that's the reason that I wanted to podcast in the first place was to, to help people and to make them happy. And so if this show does that for a few people, it's enough for me. I don't care how many listeners we have, as long as it's over a hundred thousand, I don't care. <clears throat> so with that out of the way, you can call into the show and that's to me, I always have always loved the call in aspect of the show. That was always my favorite part of it. I can ramble and talk and, and dispense with wisdom, but getting people and hearing their voice and, and all of that, getting them to call in, that's a big thing. But people don't, you know, how do people don't want to do that? No. They don't want to call in. They don't want to be on the show because they get nervous or they feel like their voice doesn't sound good or something. But I like talking. I love people. I like people and I like to talk to them. I want to, I want to hear them in my headphones. So... Please do call in. And how do you do it? Here's the number. It's 231-707-QUIT. 231-707-7848 is the number to dial. I'll repeat it. But I really would love it if you'd call. Even if you just kind of want to, you know, prank call me. That's fine. I don't care. So I'm ready to, ready to take your call. I've got a whole system here. It's a better system. And you remember <clears throat> in the past I would come in and people would, would change everything? <clears throat> I've made it so that can't happen uh, anymore ever again. So... Anyway, here we are, and, uh, and, and let's get started. You know, I wanted to dive in, Hattie, to do just some emails first. I think that's a great, great place uh, to start. To start with some emails. Maybe we'll get some calls. No calls yet. I'm not, but you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to be hung up on that. That's okay. I can go in the other room and call. Can you? Yeah. No, I think okay. you're going to, I think it's fine. Also, I'm noticing that uh, there's so much that I need to learn and so much that I need to do uh, with, with the video part of this. Because when I used to do video, I had like one button that I could hit and it, it would just, everything would just work. And now there's a whole lot of things that I have to do 
that uh, that I didn't do before because in the last three or four years, things have come a, a really long way. Uh, so, I mean, I, who cares, right? I care. So I'm talking about it. Let's start off with this email. I have an email here. Uh, this email is from Dana. Dana says, is Shlok going to be on this? He was the best. So thanks very much, Dana, for sending that in. And you know what? That's all the that's all we have time for today. Yeah. Uh, let the sponsor know they couldn't run. And uh, okay, you know, here's an email. And and you know, a little a little tip: you can send me an email to concerns at quit.show, or you can go to quit.show slash contact and uh, send me an email that way. It just comes to me; no one else can see it. So relax. Uh, and that's, that's basically all that, uh, that you need to know if you want to send an email. Now, tell me at the top of the email if I can use your name, because the last thing I would want, because this is being broadcast to, to millions of people. And so I would hate to think that I say your name if you don't want me to. So I'm just going to default to not saying your name, but if you don't want me to, or you do say that right at the top, right at the top, anybody who listens, we get a call. Yay. Anybody who listens to Roadwork knows the deal there, too, because I borrowed it from, from Quit years before, is that tell me at the top of the show uh, if you don't want me to use your name. Okay, so here is an email. I don't know if I can use this person's name. I think they, they don't want me to, so I'm not going to Always good to that. err on the side of caution. Hello. I left the corporate world to become a graduate school professor. Maybe a bit earlier than most, I'm not sure what to do now or even what my career is anymore. I'm happy doing what I'm doing, but I'm going to have to find something else at some point, either out of boredom or because higher education is falling apart and I may not have a choice. Please don't use my real name. But that I felt like that wasn't enough uh, to go on. That's not enough. That's not enough uh, to read on the show. So I, I wrote this person back. I said, this is excellent. Share more background. There's more here. And they did. They wrote back. And so allow me to, to read the rest of that. And they reinforced the fact that they need to be anonymous. They don't want anyone to hear it and get discouraged. And, uh, and they don't want to be laid off. So who can blame them? I can't. So uh, here's what they say. I worked in advertising agencies for over a decade before I had the opportunity to become a professor at a graduate program in advertising. I love my job. I love the students. I love continually learning so that I can continually make my classes better. However, and they've put, uh, they put however, uh, in, uh, in all caps. So that makes me feel that this is a big, this is a, the big parts coming. Part of the reason I made this switch was so that I wouldn't be at the mercy of someone I'm, I'm not going to say what the town they're in, having a bad day, firing my agency, and then causing me to be laid off. I wanted options and stability. This role gives me the room to continue working professionally. I was doing contract work before COVID hit. The kids were stuck at home. My worry is that I'm becoming stale. And, the, uh, and what would I do if the program that I teach in had to downsize or if it closed? It's a valid concern, I think. Or in the future, I know that I'm eventually going to want to take a look around at what other options might be. But at the moment, I'm back where I don't want to be, which is at the mercy of one employer, and I'm a bit worried that I don't have a lot of options available should the need arise, and I don't really know what to do. Also, I would love to find a job that wasn't in danger of becoming obsolete because of technology or whatever else. I'm tired of reading about it, stressing about it, feeling like almost every industry is in decline and in danger of being made obsolete. Not sure if that helps. Okay, and this is like a just a couple personal notes. So, you know, when I read this, what I'm, what I'm really hearing, I think, is somebody who's saying that they, they like their job, but they're worried about security. And this is the question that I've gotten so much 
over the years and I've done this show, stability is the biggest, scariest aspect of, of any job, right? And you can't guarantee stability. You can't guarantee that you're going to have a job. You can't guarantee that you're going to wake up tomorrow morning and go into that place that's providing you with the money that you need, right? To survive, to have the stuff that, that you want to to have and the life that you want to lead. So where does that leave you then? If you are not enjoying and being thrilled by what you do, or in this case, you kind of worried about becoming obsolete and there's this challenge that you've got to learn more. Well, guess what? You're going to have to do that no matter what job you have. You're going to have to do that no matter where you work or who you work for, whether you work with yourself. I was just talking to a real estate agent this morning. She's a friend of mine in town. And um, we were just catching up with each other. And and she said, you know, she said, everybody thinks that uh, being a real estate agent is great because you get to have your own, you set your own hours, set your own schedule. She says, it's not. She says, this is more demanding and requires more of me than any other job that I've ever had before it. And you know who I'm, I'm talking about, Hattie. Um, and, uh, and she told me, she's like, this isn't, you know, she's like, I've got to be available on evenings and weekends. And I might have appointments today that I don't even know that I have yet. She doesn't even know what she's scheduled for. Like, it's a complete mystery. And, uh, and, and that's because she's on call for someone else. It was the same exact thing, the same damn thing. When I thought, I'm going to have my own consulting company, I'm going to do software development and web design, and this was back in like the 2000s, and I said, this is going to be amazing, man. I'm going to finally have my own schedule, I'm going to be able to do what I want to do, and it's going to be amazing. Was it amazing? Well, there were a lot of things that were amazing about it, but what wasn't amazing was the fact that now I had clients, and instead of having one boss, now I had however many clients I had and however many people they had on the team. So I might have one client that has three or four people who are all trying to contact me and give me information and tell me stuff, right? And they all want something, but I might have two or three clients at the same time. And not only that, but guess what else? I very likely had m trying, to, trying to find another client at the same time. So I not only had to manage my existing clients and doing the work for them and then anybody that I had contracting for me, but I then had to be searching for new clients. Any idea that I had had that this was going to be easier went out the window after like two or three months. I was like, this is way harder. And that's just the nature of client services work too, I think. I think with client services work, you're, you're, no matter what it is, you're providing the only job that you can have. The, and, and tell me if I'm wrong. And I'll get, to, I'll get to the caller next. They've been on hold for six minutes, Hattie. And tell me if I'm wrong about this, but the only job that you can have where you're not going to have to be accountable for someone else, to someone else rather, and, and work on somebody else's terms and everything is if you produce something, like if you like write a book and you just put the book out there and people buy it. That's it. It has to be one of those jobs where you create a product that can't break because if you, if you, let's just say you want to make a, a toy, you come up with an idea for a toy car, right? You make it and then there's a problem with manufacturing, the wheels are falling off. Well, guess what? You've got to deal with that, right? That's, I'm saying the only way to do it is you create something, you put out there, people buy it and they either like it or they don't. That's the only, only way to not be accountable to somebody else. Everything else you're performing some kind of a service. You're doing some kind of work for somebody else and you're going to be stuck doing it. And if it's education, my mom is in education her whole life. She just retired a handful of years, just a few years ago. But 
She was always having to study, always having to research, always having to, you know, write papers or do journals or write books or whatever to continue her education and to prove that she was continuing her education. That's part of the requirement of being in education. And me here, I spend a lot of time doing shows, but I also do a lot of software development and I run a couple companies. And that means I'm always having to learn something new. If we want to, we want to implement some kind of new technology, we want to roll something out. Like right now we're doing, I can, I probably can talk about this. Um, you know, we're doing uh, Amazon uh, Amazon integration right now uh, with uh, with Fireside, Amazon Music, and uh, an Audible integration. Uh, so I had to write the code to make that work. Like that's one of five features I wrote this week. But I had to learn that. I had to study the API and the way that they want to do it, and the way that you know you're always learning. So to that person who wrote in, I'm just going to say, um, suck it up and deal with it. You're lucky to have a job right now. Uh, any job at all. And that's the reality. I know a lot of people right now who have lost their jobs, who have no jobs, and, and even though they're talented and smart, have no prospect of finding any job right now because there just isn't one. So, you know, you're lucky to have one. But what I will say, and this is the advice I always do give people, is uh, two things. The first thing is, you know, my plan, right? You need to have at least, at least two months of your expenses. I want to say three months, really, and ideally six, if you can do it, but at a bare minimum, two months of your entire expenses saved, you need to have that in the bank. Okay. And, and the deal with that is if you do get laid off or if you get fed up and just need to quit one day, uh, and Hattie, where, where's my bell? Someone, oh, it's if behind this, you. It's behind me. If, if somebody yep. calls in, turn around find and, happy uh, and they say that they quit, I'm going to have this isn't the bell I like for the, for those, uh, that's the one we have. I know, but it looks <laughs> wrong. There's something wrong about it. Well, you got rid of the other one. All right. Well, this person has not quit, so they don't get to hear the bell, but two months, that's part one. And part two, start developing and building a side interest that you can turn into a job or a business. I say this over and over again to people all the time. The thing, there's something that you like doing, and there's a very good chance that something like that or related to that can be turned into a business. Even if it's a side business right now, it's something that if you needed to, all of a sudden your job is gone, it's going to be something. And then you can be full steam ahead with that. So here's an example. And, and I picked this one because it's, it's difficult, but let's just say your favorite thing to do is fishing. Now, it's unlikely you're going to be able to make much money as a fisherman going to a pier two o'clock at night, hoping to catch some, you know, snapper or something. Now I'm going to make any money doing that. But what in and around fishing can you do, right? Could you, I don't know, could you make lures for people if you're doing like, you know, river fishing? Could you uh, write a, a posts about it? Could you become, you know, I hate this word, but an influencer on uh, on Instagram or make YouTube videos as you go out fishing, there's something that you can do that you could flip a switch and start making some money with if you needed to. Okay, let's uh, let's get this call. I've been waiting for 10 minutes. See if this even works. Did I even do it? Fingers crossed. Oh, here, there's a little spinning. Okay, you're on. Who have we got hey, here? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. You're the first caller hey, with this new system on the new show. So uh, welcome, welcome to the show. Welcome. Cool. Hey, hey, Hattie and Dan, how are you both doing? Doing well. How are you doing? 
doing, doing all right, all things considered. Um, you know, I've been a listener for you all for a long time. Uh, Aaron McLeod from uh, Toronto. Aaron McLeod of the Clan McLeod. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. You've called before, haven't you? Or have you just emailed a lot? We've talked before. I know we've talked uh, before. And I believe we have, yeah. I, I couldn't remember about what. <laughs> Quite a while ago okay. now. Well, what's um, up with you? How are you yeah, doing? And what's I, going I, on with you? Yeah, so I'm kind of curious in your take on this. Um, so I'm a, I've been working at, you mentioned uh, consulting and, and such. I work for a company here uh, doing that sort of thing for building software for other businesses and that. Um, I'm in a position what's called like a technical lead. So I work with a team of developers and like a product manager to figure out scoping and estimates, building the work, what's it going to take and managing all that. Like, so a mix of coding and also like kind of like team management and things. And I enjoy it a lot. Um, and I'm continuing to improve in that vector, like continuing to move more senior in that role. And that's kind of my more short-term goal. But to be honest, beyond that, I'm not really sure where I want to move beyond that. And I realize you always kind of want to have like, what are your five year goals? What are your goals even beyond that? And like, that is something I'm trying to figure out. And I'm not necessarily asking you to tell me what my goals should be, but like, is there any sort of process or things I should do to try and figure that out? Like, how does one kind of figure out what they want to do beyond like where they are today? Yeah. I mean, that's a fantastic question. Um, Aaron, I think, you know, what you're doing is you're expressing the desire that you have to, you know, and it's, it, nobody is going to stay in one career for their whole life. Usually not anymore. You know, maybe in our grandparents time, maybe even our parents time, if, if, you know, if you're Gen X or older, uh, your parents probably had like one job most of their life, maybe two. If you are a, a Gen Xer yourself, you've probably had lots of jobs and millennials have even more, my understanding. Is that correct, Hattie? Would you say Yes, that? I would, I would agree with that. And, you know, I think that in, do you see this thing going on the screensaver? I don't need that. <laughs> so who came in here and changed things around? So, but Aaron, to, more to, to your question, you know, it's, it's very reasonable for you to ask this question. And it's very reasonable for you to start thinking that you might at some point want to do something different, not just a different within the context of your own job, right? Is that what I'm hearing you saying? But maybe something that's very different. And how do you figure out if you even like what that is and if you're going to like it? And the, is that what you're asking? Am I understanding right? That you're saying like, how do I begin to explore what else I might want to do? Yeah. So like, I know, like, for example, in my current company, which I really enjoy, I, I enjoy the culture and, and all that. Like I have no desire to leave right now. And I kind of see a couple different avenues I could go. One is towards management, which is probably not surprising. And like another is more towards um, what we call uh, like a system architect where you kind of are more working on the project bootstrap side of things, helping them figure out how to like build it and how to, uh, how you might leverage something like AWS, for example. Right, right. And like that sort of thing. And, but in some ways too, like I, and sorry to go on, but I, I remember you telling a story at one point, uh, someone you knew who went into management and then kind of backed out of it and just yeah. found their lives like way less stressful oh, yeah, as well. Yeah, and yeah. so like, I kind of, I kind of wonder like, is that like a practical thing? Like if I don't want to change, is there a problem with that? Right. 
And so I think like kind of keeping in mind all avenues and how do I best position or slash like figure out what I want to do? Like what is, what are steps that I should take to try and like nail that down over time and just not do anything? Right. Right. And, and the story you're talking about is that I had a friend of mine who uh, had been in management for a long time and he, you know, he was going through the whole process of like, he'd, you know, worked as a developer and got promoted and became a manager and realized that it was like, he was completely miserable doing it. He hated it. He didn't want to keep doing it. He thought it was horrible. And so, uh, but he didn't, it took him a while to realize that because this was the thing that he had been working toward, right? This was the thing that he's like, that's the goal. And once he reached the goal, he realized he hated it. Well, eventually he decided that he didn't want to do it anymore. He went back to being just a developer and found that he was incredibly happy because at the end of the day, when it, you know, six, five thirty, six o'clock rolled around, he could commit his code, push away from the desk and go and do whatever he wanted to do. But when he was a manager, he couldn't do that because he had questions coming in. He had urgent emails and he was responsible for a whole team. But for you, Aaron uh, McLeod of the Clan McLeod, what I think you need to do is you need to start experimenting. Uh, you need to start trying some of these different things within the context of, of your own job, pushing yourself and seeing if there are these other aspects within the context of the job that it sounds like you kind of like to experiment. You know, I know somebody else, a friend of mine who started a job and he was running, um, he was doing like, he worked at a software company and he was a tester. So he was like testing all the software on different platforms, different computers and things like that. But he really wanted to be a developer and a designer. And he knew he had the talent for it, but he had no experience with it. So he started teaching it to himself. And he eventually got to the point where he was competent and maybe even good at doing those things. And he brought that to his boss and he said, listen, I'm more than just the like software testing guy. I want to write code. I want to be a part of the development team. Can I join the team? Can I work on the team? And they said, no, we need you. You're a really good tester. We need you to do that stuff. And eventually that interest that he had developed while not quite fulfilled at his job led him to find a, a better job as a developer. And that's what he's been doing ever since. So you know, I, I don't know if that exactly answers your question, but that's that's kind of the thing that I would excuse me. That's kind of the thing that I would encourage you to do uh, would be to to really explore what you can do within the context of your job and try and build those additional skills and, and test them out and see if you can do them on the job. And that'll help you grow within that context, if that makes any sense. Does that make sense? It kind of answer your question. Yeah, I think so. And. I mean, my own conversations, like I have fairly regular one-on-ones with my boss and we're, we are trying to have that kind of discussion as well. So right. I think that makes a ton of sense and definitely feels like a fairly safe way of doing it. Yeah, because so, yeah, yeah. I, I like input. safety. I mean, I will tell you to take risks, but in your case, especially right now, COVID and everything else, things are not, Aaron, things are not going to be back to normal. People are saying 2021. When they say 2021, what they're talking about isn't that the world's going to be back to normal. They're saying we're not going to have to wear masks and worry about getting sick everywhere we go. For the economy to come back, for the job market to come back, for industries to be thriving again the way they were a year ago, oh man, it's not going to be 2021. It's going to be into 2021 and beyond. So my advice to you is actually, you know, stay put and grow within. So um, I'm going to let you go. Thanks for the call, Aaron. Yeah, take care of you both. All right, thanks for calling. Bye.
learning the call-in system. You got to click twice to drop first someone. Caller. First that was Aaron, was the, and he's a long he's a long time I know. listener. He's a good guy. We All looked right. at when we started the show, wasn't it 2012? 2012 is My when. Gosh. Yeah. I think he's been calling every day since uh, 2012. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm going to do our sponsor. We would like to say thank you very much to Sanebox. Have you heard of Sanebox, Hattie? I sure have. Okay, let me tell you a little bit about it in case you haven't heard about it. The, the problem is that people get too much, I get too much email. I think most of the people listening to this feel like they get too much email. And if you do, Sanebox is for you. It moves unimportant emails out of the inbox into a separate folder and summarizes them in a digest. What could be better? This way you only have the important emails in your inbox and you can process everything else when it's convenient for you. But here's the key, and this is what makes it really different, is it works on top of your existing setup. So you don't have to change your habits. You don't have to have a new burner account. You don't have to have a different app. It works outside of all of that. And what's also really nice about this, this isn't even in the notes, but I know it because I I, I know about this, is this means it's going to work whether you're checking your email on your iPhone or your Android phone or at your computer or at your home computer or any, it, it handles it all for you. It's not like you've got to have a special app on your one device that's going to manage this. This is going to work above all of that. And, and so the next thing I think you're asking yourself is like, how do you know what's important? How does SaneBox know what's important and what isn't? Well, there's an answer to that. It analyzes your past behavior, which emails you've opened, which you've responded to, how quickly, how often, and it determines the importance of incoming emails for you. In other words, it learns based on your own habits. And just, okay, now you're like, wait a minute, that means they're reading my email. No, it never looks at the content of the email, only the headers. The headers, if you've ever viewed like the raw source of an email, um, it's boring, but there are headers in there that say who the senders are, uh, where, where it came from, when it was delivered, and they can look at your behavior based on those details and know what to do with something. It's pretty cool, but the content is never, ever seen. It's got like built-in one-click unsubscribe. It lets you snooze non-urgent emails. Uh, I, there's so much here, and there's one really, really cool feature that it has. Um, it, you can literally literally file stuff you never want to see into a black hole and it will never come back again it's a huge time saver if you're on these lists that you don't want to be on i had an email address that was completely taken over by lists and i couldn't unsubscribe to them all and they kept reselling it you could just make it so that you never see those things again so we have a special link for you it's sanebox s-a-n-e-b-o-x sanebox.com slash quit course and uh, you're going to have a $25 credit applied to your account automatically on top of the 14-day trial. There's no coupon code. There's nothing else to worry about. Sanebox.com slash quit. Go check it out. You'll get your two-week free trial and $25 credit applied. So thanks very much to Sanebox for making this show possible. And I want to thank everybody who tuned in and who's listening right now, whether you're listening or watching live or whether you are uh, just uh, just hanging out at home, listening to this in your mask, in your car, walking down the streets, whatever you're doing. Thank you for tuning in. There's something I want to ask of you. And I'm asking, I'm serious about this. It's not, I'm not asking you for money yet, but what I am asking you to do is please tweet about the show or retweet the tweets that I make, review the show on iTunes, wherever it is that you listen to it, put a little like or a, or a heart or whatever. It makes such, I can't even tell you how much of a difference this makes. I can't even tell you. 
how much of a difference it makes. And if you're just tuning in, the number to dial to get on the show, I feel like we had we had one call. It's all we're going to get because the show's still new, Hattie. I feel like yeah, it's, it's still a, it's still new, still being re- reborn. Two three one seven zero seven quit. Two three one seven zero seven seven eight four eight. The number to dial to be on the show if you want. Now, I, before I do, I've got some more emails I want to get to. I promise these people I would get to. But I do want to tell my Rolex story. Do you, should I save it, Hattie? Should I save that or should I do, do it now? What do you think? Or do you want to close out we'll with close that, with that inspirational story? All right. I'll we'll close out with that. I didn't mean to do that, but someone just got uh, the bell rang. <laughs> All right. This is uh, from listener A. Hey, Dan, longtime listener, first time caller. I've been a developer for 15 plus years and decided to go full time freelance two years ago. Quit helped me put many things into perspective while I was wrestling with the idea. I remember sitting in my cubicle years ago, listening to, to, to you talk about the myth of job security. See, it's always, right I'm always talking about job security. And that's when I knew I wanted to give freelancing a shot and take job security into my own hands. Since going full-time freelance, my rates and annual income have increased steadily over two times what I used to make as an employee. Thank you for that happy emoji. But how does a freelance developer progress in their career? Become an agency, an indie developer? While helping my clients pursue their dreams, it always dawned upon me. If I'm building integral parts of their product, what's stopping me from doing the same for myself? As the sole income source of a family of four, I risk uh, I, I become risk averse with little free time to spare. Congrats on the relaunch, A. Okay, this is a phenomenal question. This is what Quid is all about. All about. This is the exact kind of thing because look, here's somebody who spent more than 15 years. They're working. They've got they've got the the false sense of job security, right? And they're sitting there in their cube, they're listening to me in their headphones, and they're like, I want to go and do this because the only job security that I can really have is if I'm relying 100% on myself, because I trust myself and I know that I can make things happen. And I'm not saying I, Dan, I'm saying I, you, the listener, you can make things happen and you are the only person that you can truly rely on. You think you can rely on that boss who seems really cool? No. Because if it comes down to it and their business is in trouble, they're not going to quit. They're going to fire you. Let me say that one more time. When a business is in trouble, the boss isn't the one who quits. You're the one that gets fired. And all businesses are at the risk of being in trouble right about now. So keep that in mind. You think you have a secure job. You don't. If you work for a small company or a larger company for that matter, but especially a smaller company, uh, you don't know what might be going on behind this. Oh, well, my boss is super transparent with me. They tell me, it. <laughs> no, they don't. No, they don't. Unless your boss is your spouse, they're not telling you everything. I promise you that. And you are at risk right now. You are at risk right now of losing your job. Whether you know it or not, that risk is always, pre- oh, not me. I'm invaluable to this company. They couldn't replace me. Yeah, they can. And if you're that good, you probably earn a big salary. And that means they could hire three people for what they're paying you. And none of them would be as good as you, but there'd be three times as many people working basically three times as hard as the one of you. So just keep that in mind. But on to the next part of this. Since going full-time freelance, my rates and annual income have increased over two times. Isn't that phenomenal? But 
they're basically saying, well, what do I do next? Do I become an agency? Do I become an indie developer? I have clients and I'm building all this cool stuff for my clients, but what about for me? The answer is, and thanks very much for this email, this is this gets to the heart of what this show is all about. Um, basically, at this point, you're at a crossroads and you have to decide, do I want to really focus on this client work and grow the business, hire people or contract out to people and become an agency and start growing? Or do I want to start building something that'll make me money while I sleep? And so you probably already know what I'm going to suggest. And, uh, and I actually have a little case study that I can share with you. And by the way, I'll, I'll do one more call if someone wants to call in 231 uh, 707 quit two three one seven zero seven seven eight four eight. I don't expect a call because like I said, Hattie, it's a, it's a new show right now. It's brand new. People don't so know about baby. it. We used to get calls. I had uh, 10 lines and they would all be the whole entire time. 10 people. I would get, take one call, hang up. And then the new, next, one, would come new in. one would come in. It'll get back there. The goal is to make money while you sleep. That's the goal. That's your goal. Anything less than that is unacceptable. So here's my case study. I had been doing, it's, a, it's about me. I had been doing podcasting starting in 2006. In 2008, I went full-time with it and started 5 by 5 where I started doing a handful of shows. It eventually grew, so I was doing like two or three shows a day, five days a week, some of them with video like this one. And I was very, very busy doing that. That at the same time, we were selling ads. And that's when Hattie came in and I actually had some other people helping out doing different things and started to grow that as a business. But at the end of the day, it was still a service business in a way, because once this podcast airs and people have listened to it, I need to create that new content. The I have to make that next thing. It never stops. And yeah, I guess you could say that people could listen to the shows at nighttime. And if they click on a sponsor, like today's amazing sponsor, sanebox.com slash quit, go there. You know, like, yeah, I'm making some money there, but if I didn't show up to work the next day for whatever reason, because I was tired or because I wanted to go on a walk all day or for whatever reason, I would make no money because I wouldn't be producing anything new. The people who make the most money are the people who are, have the ability to create something and put it out there and, and it earns money for them while they sleep. So what was I going to do? Uh, no podcasting really well, maybe better than most. I've been doing it longer than almost everybody. Almost everybody. Is that safe to say, Hattie? Yeah. Almost you're everybody. You're not saying everyone. You're just saying almost everybody. I mean, I have, I have friends who've been doing it longer. Adam Curry comes to mind. And there are certainly people who are more successful at it than I am, without a doubt. But I've been doing it longer than almost everybody since 2006. There's not a lot of people in 2006 that even knew what podcasting was. Does that make me awesome? No, it makes me doing it for longer than most people. But the fact that I've done it for a long time means that I've paid a lot of attention to this industry and to what goes into it. And I thought, there is something that I can make here, because my background is in software development. There's something I could make that would help other podcasters podcast. And that's what led me to start Fireside.fm, which is a podcast hosting platform. When I started working on that in 2015, 2016, uh, I really got a sense that there was not a lot of 
what I felt were really great options for people if they wanted to host a podcast. There were some, but they weren't amazing. And I thought that I could build something amazing that would have two benefits. One, it would help people podcast, which is important and wonderful. And two, it would generate a new source of income for me. And I felt that I was uniquely positioned to build this thing because of my background in software development and because of my long background in podcasting. So I built it and I've got to say, it's been a wonderful experience and it's been very successful and it's been incredibly hard work. It's taken an incredible toll on me uh, mentally, physically, on my friends, family. It's like really, really hard to do it, but I got this thing launched. I got it out there and now Although I work on it every single day, writing code, developing new features, and I have a lot of help doing those things now and running that company now, it does make money while I sleep. And if I were to completely stop working on Fireside and do nothing and tell the people that I pay to help me with it to do nothing, it would still make money while I sleep. Now, it would fall behind the competition eventually, and it would feel kind of stale and people might realize that and go somewhere else. That wouldn't be good for business to do that, but I could, and it would still generate money. And so as you sit there, listener, or the person who wrote in trying to decide, uh, what should I do? My inclination is build something for yourself, build something that will generate passive income money for you while you asleep and something that is beneficial and needed by the world. To me, that's a better solution than coming up and saying, I'm going to become an agency. I'm going to hire people to help me and work with me. Because guess what? Now you're out hunting for jobs. It's much easier to market and promote something that you have that's amazing than it is to try and market and promote yourself. And also there's an automatic cap on anything that you can do if you are an independent freelancer or an agency. There is only so much work that you as a human being can do, right? If you have a team of three people and yourself and you pick up a project, you might say, well, we could do two projects a month. That's all you can ever do. So what are you going to do? You're going to raise your rates, right? So now your rates are more, you're going to earn more for those projects that you do, right? Which is great, but you can still only do two projects a month. Well, now you've raised your rates so you can hire a couple more people. Now you can do maybe pushing it three projects a month. Well, that's not bad, but there is eventually a cap. And the only way you push past that cap is by hiring more people. But eventually you will hit a ceiling and the ceiling will say there isn't enough work for us to do at these prices. And, and all we can now do is sustain. And another thing is very, very rarely does an agency get bought or acquired almost never. And if they do, guess what? You just have a new boss. That's what's going to change. You might have some money in your pocket, but you just have a new boss. That's That's a great thing to do for the short term, but for the long term, if you have the ability to build a product for yourself, that product can grow. All of a sudden, if I had 50,000 new customers for Fireside, yeah, I'd have to scale up the infrastructure, but my life's not going to change very much. I might have to hire someone else to do support. Okay. We have two support people now, maybe three, but that's way, way, way minimal expenses compared to what we would be if we had that many new customers coming in. Because I've built a thing and it's out there in the world now. And my job is to keep making that thing better and to try and promote that thing. But that's a direction. So 
anyone listening to this, whatever it is that you can do to create that for yourself. Maybe you're not a software developer. Maybe you do something else, right? Maybe you, you can make something that you can sell. Start small. Start it on an Etsy business. You know, you want to make, make videos and get sponsors for that. Yeah, I know that I said before, it's like podcasting, you got to make something, but that can be a launch pad. If you have listeners or viewers, you can use that to launch that next thing you do. Talk about what you do. Get the word out there and share with people. That's like what I do on, on the YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube, I make videos that teach people about podcasting. I don't charge for those. But that leads back to people saying, oh, yeah, I learned, how, I learned about mic technique from that Dan guy. Uh, maybe, I'll, um, yeah, maybe I'll sign up for his podcast service. Uh, maybe not. Maybe the video just helped you. No big deal. So anyway, that's, that's all I got to say about that. Okay. I'm going to do, do we have time? We have time. I'm going to do another one. Do one more. What is this thing? Did the thing hang up? Did it hang up? I, I'm, I, who came in here and changed this around? Why did that do that? Well, the, the call system hung up. Oh. They just say, I don't know. We're still learning. This is I new. don't know. It says, uh, I'll show you know, why not? I'll, I'll, I'll edit this all out. The show will never air. It says that the show session has ended because there wasn't a host call connection for the last 15 minutes. But I was on there. So who knows? We'll fix it all next time. No, next time the show will be even better. All right. Uh, Now, this listener, the very, very cool listener, uh, and I I believe I say their name, Sean. Does that right? Did I get that right, Heidi? Because you were there when I did that. Okay. But they said... he said, oh, in your accent, it, Sean is the closest you can get. Because they're in the UK. Right. And I don't, I don't do the UK accent. All right. Hi, Dan. I, I'm not going to read this in a UK accent. I'm just not <laughs> going to do Hi, Dan. I'm so thrilled that Quit is back. Quit kept me company when I was on the lonely road of quitting one career and starting the next. See? When you're working very hard and your dream still feels very far away and you're really not sure the right door is going to open for you, being connected to so many people around the world who were on the same journey kept me energized and focused on my goal. That's what it's all about, Hattie. Yep. What I've learned since is that if you want to continue to climb, if you want to be the best in your chosen career, you never really stop quitting. You don't stop learning and networking and strategizing. So my questions are these. How can your quit alumni help to lift up your listeners waiting to their waiting to open their door? And how post-quit can we avoid becoming complacent and feed that fire in us to keep driving forward? Can't wait to tune in, Sean. All right. Love this email. Thank you so much for writing. I I think this is great. And this is something I have thought a lot about because so often I hear from people who have listened to the show, who like the show, who want to talk uh, to other people who have gone through similar challenges that I've decided to start a quit community. I don't know what shape and form that is going to have yet. Maybe it's something on a, like a Facebook group. Maybe it's a, a private community. I don't know yet. But there is so much wisdom out there in the listeners to this show. It astounds me. And so many of us are going through exactly the same thing. We're all struggling, right? We're all a little bit unhappy with our jobs, or we all want a little bit more, or we want to earn more, or we want to start something. 
What if those people didn't just have to wait for the hour a week when I'm here? What if they could talk to each other? I think that's a wonderful idea, Sean. I think Sean should lead this community. I'm just going to nominate them to do it. Okay, they haven't offered, but it's just an idea. But the thing is, I want I want to talk to these people. But what can you do, right? You're always quitting. You're always saying, I want to try something new. And so here's what I do, okay? When I am inspired to try to start something new or different or to come up with a different perspective, I will try that idea on like a jacket, right? You kind of wear that new persona, that new job, that new perspective. You put it on and you try it out for a little while. And what, what do I mean by that? Let's say that you're kind of curious or interested in, I don't know, maybe you want to try, uh, you know, I'll, I'll use my uh, friend's example. He was doing testing. He wanted to try software development, right? Start doing it. Just start doing it. Do it at home. Do it in your spare time and see if it's really something that you like. That's the way to do it because then you're trying it on. And now when you wake up in the morning, you're not the person doing system testing. You're the software developer. And you think about it in your mind like that. I'm a software developer now. What does that feel like? Right? You're just trying it on, trying it on for size, seeing, seeing how it feels. Okay, I'm, I'm a software. How would a software developer eat, eat, eat their lunch? Is it any different from the way that, yeah, I remember somebody called in and talked. They were some kind of print press operator or some kind of like they worked in like a machine place operating machinery or something. And they wanted to do something completely different. They wanted to do something in, in software development. And you know, the only way to start doing that is to start thinking like that person, to start thinking like a software developer. And you've got you've to start doing it. You have to start doing it. Now, I happen to know that Sean does video editing because uh, we talked about that offline. And, you know, that's something that is a wonderful, wonderful example of what you can do when you are, are saying to yourself, I want a different pursuit. I want to learn something new. You can, you can master software and that can lead you to having a new career. So how do you do that? Download the software and experiment with it. Watch YouTube videos. It's not like the old days where you used to have to go and buy a book or pay money for a course. You can go and look, there's this one YouTube channel, shout out to Adobe in a minute. I have learned so, we'll put a link to that. Hattie, could you make a note for me to put a link to yes. Adobe in a minute? That YouTube channel, the guy that runs that YouTube channel, that does these like two to three minute videos on like individual how-to things with a uh, with with Adobe primarily they uh, he talks about Adobe Premiere which is the video editing software um, but they all, he also talks about Photoshop and other things but it's like oh how do I make a transition from one scene to another scene you can go and there's like there's a video where he shows you exactly how to do that one thing and you're going to learn it in two minutes it's genius it's amazing and I just saw that he just reached like a hundred thousand subscribers which is amazing and he deserves it but like Start doing that and start watching those kinds of videos. Just get on there and say, I, I want to learn Adobe Premiere, right? So every day after work, I'm going to come home and while I eat dinner, I'm going to watch five of these videos or I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy a course and I'm going to take a course and then I'm just going to edit some stock footage. I'm going to learn these techniques, right? And, and then you become proficient at it and now you can go and do video editing with Adobe Premiere, for example, like 
you can create an I am now good enough at Adobe Premiere that if I needed to get a job as a video editor, I could do it. I might not be the best and there's still a crap ton I don't know that I would have to learn, but I could get an entry-level job as a video editor right now. And if you're thinking to yourself, man, that actually sounds kind of cool, like go watch the YouTubes, download the software in a trial and try it. Like, and that's just one piece of software that an industry does happen to be built on, but it's just one piece of software. So there's so much that you can learn and so many ways to push yourself. Um, I just, I just think right now, especially with COVID going on, it's such a wonderful time. There's this stupid myth out there. People are, are always tweeting, oh, during COVID, I was supposed to learn a foreign language and teach myself a new skill, but instead I just watch Netflix and chill out. I have absolutely no sympathy for you. That is pathetic, and I'm sorry everyone's, well, everyone's feeling like this right now. That's not what I'm here to agree with. I'm going to have the non-politically correct opinion and say, no, you should be pushing yourself to do more. Yeah, you know what? It's super stressful out there, and everybody's scared to walk outside, and everybody doesn't want to get this stupid... uh, sickness that's out there and everybody's stressing out right now and everybody's sleeping bad and everybody feels like crap all the time but that's not an excuse that's just called life and this is what we're all dealing with the whole world is dealing with this crap right now not just you not just me and that's no reason to stop doing stuff it's if anything throwing yourself into learning something new can save you I can tell you that at my lowest points in my life, sometimes throwing yourself into something, teaching yourself something new, learning something new is the only thing that will help you. But if you're sitting back on your sofa, eating something and watching TV, you're burying yourself. You're digging. No one's going to like, Hattie, no one's going to like this, what I'm saying right now. No one's going to like this. Well, right. You shouldn't. I disagree. If you're not taking advantage of this opportunity to push yourself, you're missing out. It's easy to watch Netflix. It's really easy. It's really hard to motivate. It's really hard to say, you know what, I'm going to go learn something new. But you can do it. And that's the thing is that you will then be able to say, yeah, I was just like everyone else. I just, you know, no, say I wasn't. I pushed myself. I learned something new. I did something new. And I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's a puzzle. You know, go buy a thousand piece puzzle and do that. Listen to an audiobook. Learn a new language. Study something you didn't have time to study before. If you're working from home now, that probably means you have at least 30 minutes of getting ready time and at least probably an hour of commute time, if not more that you can now divert to something else. And if you're a woman and you're used to having a, you know, I, I know what women do, Hattie, they have to blow dry their hair, they have to do their makeup, they have to do all this. That takes a long time. Women spend a long time getting ready. And men are lucky and, and spoiled that we don't have to do that. Do you agree? I do agree. And so if you're a woman, maybe you even have an extra 30 minutes above and beyond that. Or maybe there's men that wear makeup too. Now they don't have to put it on, except for their Zoom calls. So this is going to be an unpopular opinion. People aren't going to like it. But I think you, this is the right time for you to start doing something for yourself instead of the Netflix. 
This is the right time for you to say, I am going to learn that other skill, that other thing. I want to see people coming out of this saying, when COVID started, it sucked. And I spent the first half of it just in misery, stressing out, worrying. I didn't get anything done. And then I listened to Dan and my life turned around. And don't laugh, Hattie. I'm not laughing. Don't laugh. Don't you dare. Because there are people who are listening to this show right now who are going to come out of this and say, you know what? Dan's right. Right? I think so. I think so. They're going to come out of this and they're going to say, Dan is right. I need to get off my ass and I'm going to do something. I'm going to go watch Adobe in a minute and I'm going to learn Premiere or Photoshop or something. Or I'm going to pick up a notebook and I'm going to start journaling. I'm going to start writing. Because I used to love writing when I was a kid. You know what else I used to love when I was a kid? I used to love drawing. So I'm going to go, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to sharpen a pencil. I'm going to get a piece of paper. I'm going to draw. No one's going to see it but me. And it's going to suck. And I'm going to do another one tomorrow. And it's going to suck. But in six months, they're going to be amazing. Take your kid's watercolor set and paint something. There's a lot that you can do with this extra time. And it's going to help you feel better. There is something about creating something, especially something physical, but there is power in that. Creating something and putting something out there into the world that changes your perspective. It makes you feel like, you know what? What do we all want right now? We all want a little bit of control because guess what? We don't have control over. We don't have control over COVID. We don't have control over when it's going to end. We don't have control over whether or not we have to wear a mask when we go out. We don't have control over the election. We don't have control over really anything right now, even if we have a job or what we do. So making something in real life that you can look at and point to and say, I did that. That's empowering. And that's what I want to leave you all with right now. And that's what I'm going to end the show. Hattie, do I have time to tell this, this Rolex story? I think you do. All right, we'll close out with this. I have more emails. I didn't get to them. I didn't get to the emails. Save them for next time. Okay. Was that too inflammatory, what I said, do you think? About what? About it getting off your ass and doing something during COVID. No. I think, I think that that's your opinion. You, make stuff. To, you to... make stuff all the time. Yeah, trying. <laughs> no, but you do. You show me some like the paper craft and stuff yeah. that you do that's awesome. It makes you feel better, right? You do it and it makes you feel better. Yeah. Well, and I'm learning German right now. You're learning German. See, this is exactly what I'm talking. Hattie is the poster child for quit I mean, today. I'm laying down when I'm doing it, but <laughs> and I have blown. through. You're laying down right now, actually. That's yeah, what people don't know? don't know. No, and I've I've also blown through a lot of seasons of television shows. Not gonna lie, but you know, I balance it out. I try to. That's all I want from you. Okay, so let me talk about this Rolex. I have a Rolex. I'm not, and I'm I'm proud of this. I have a Rolex. I'm wearing it, wearing it right now for those who are watching. There it is. Rolex sub date with date. Thank you. If a watch can tell me the date, I'm not good at remembering the date. There are people, purists, who say, oh, no, the perfect Rolex sub is one with no date. I, I, I think that's a valid opinion. I like the date. Okay? Enough of talking about that. I wanted this Rolex. Rolexes are incredibly expensive. I have been a watch nerd my entire life. My grandfather and my uncle were both engineers. My grandfather is a metallurgist. My uncle is an electrical engineer. Um, and really more from my grandfather, I really inherited an appreciation for mechanical watches, a watch that you wind up, that keeps time. And this watch right here, uh, along with most 
um, mechanical automatic watches, the term is, is automatic. It, it, you wind it, but if you wear it every day, you never need to wind it. This thing will last forever. I could hand this down to my kids who could hand it down to their kids. And yeah, it'll need to be serviced once every 10 or 20 years if you take care of it, but it never needs to be, it doesn't need a battery. It won't wear out. It lasts forever. And it's like, it's alive. Like it's this little heart beating on your wrist. It's kind of cool. And it's timeless. And so I've always had a passion for watches, but I could never afford a Rolex. I had what I thought were expensive watches, hundreds of dollars. Uh, but the idea of a Rolex is, is always something that I loved. And so I really, really wanted one. Uh, and there goes the camera. Don't worry about it, Hattie. I can just hit the button. All right, if you want to turn it off and back on, we'll have something sorted out. But see, the Periscope people, they, they're happy. The Periscope people. No, I'm just going to get a new camera. I'm just going to do something different. So thank you for doing that. <laughs> um, no one will ever see this anyway. So I, uh, I, I wanted this Rolex and I was like, I've got to have, I've got to have this Rolex. So, you know, they talk about, how do they talk about manifesting things? They talk about law of attraction. They talk about stuff like that. Forget that for a minute. I am an Eagles fan. Uh, people, people watching, you can see the, uh, the Eagles helmet right there on the shelf behind me, big Eagles fan. And as you know, a couple of years ago, the Eagles made it to the Super Bowl again and they won. And the reason why the Eagles won was in part due to what I guess you could call a trick play, which they dubbed the Philly special. And this is interesting because the way the play works well i don't even get, any, get into the play the play was very cool and i watched this and i thought all right this is really really fun and this is how we won the super bowl first win in the super bowl this is a big deal this is really really exciting oh look at this hat hattie has has been climbing around back there we have a shirt left is that what this is so i decided to make philly special shirts t-shirts to celebrate our first Super Bowl win, and also to celebrate this amazing trick play. So I looked up the play, uh, and I um, I found a uh, I found a uh, a really nice diagram of this play, and I sent it to a buddy of mine, Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Ryan Hamrick, amazing. He does like hand lettering and stuff. I'm gonna have him on the show. Hattie, make a note, please, uh, to get Ryan on the show for next week, and um, and so. I, I spoke with him and I emailed, it was the next morning. I emailed him and I said, Hey, can you take this diagram and kind of like redo it, you know, and, uh, and, and kind of make it look a little bit like it was sketched on a, on like a, a, a board in a locker room kind of thing. And then do some of your amazing handwriting where you say Philly special and, and do the hand lettering that says Philly special. It's going to be beautiful. And the guy said, yeah, I got nothing to do this morning. He did it. And, he, and I swear, it, less than an hour later, he came back to me with this amazing illustration of it. There was a couple little back and forth. Oh, can you tweak this a little? He did such a great job. Meanwhile, I registered Philly Special. Couldn't get the .com. It was taken. We got the .net. And went and signed up at uh, Shopify. Now, my friend Toby started Shopify back in, in the old days. I still know him. Uh, and he's, he's a billionaire now. Their company's gone nuts. Should have joined up with them. But... Sign up, got a Shopify store going, 
and uploaded the image of the t-shirt. The t-shirt did not exist in real life yet. It was just this amazing illustration I'm going to show you in a second. And uh, and then I, I, I put this thing online and opened up the doors and I tweeted about it. And that was pretty cool. But what I didn't realize was that there were no other Philly special t-shirts at the time. That was the only one. The Eagles hadn't done anything with this. And in fact, I was the first person to make any kind of merchandise with this. Now, later, the Eagles went and registered like a, a trademark on Philly Special. But technically, I own it because I was the first person to merchandise this. Now, there might be a lawyer out there saying, well, you don't tech. No, I actually think I do. I don't care. I, won't, I want the Eagles to have it anyway. But I started making these shirts and I was not sure. I thought, no, I'll sell 50, uh, maybe 100 of them. That would have been a huge win, 100 shirts, because I probably would have made three bucks a shirt. You know, people have the idea that making T-shirts are like super lucrative. It's really not. Um, but I would make two or three dollars a shirt. And I thought, well, you know, I might make a few hundred bucks off of this. Okay. Somehow, a radio station in Philly got word of it and started talking about it and sent people there. It made it into all these discussion groups in Philly of people talking about the team, talking about the win, and it spread to the point where if you have the Shopify app on your phone, every time you make a sale, it gives a little cha-ching. My phone was going cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. I just had to turn it off. I sold so many of these shirts, thousands, thousands upon thousands of the shirts. I was going to just do a small batch of printing. Couldn't do that. Had to go to my friends over at Amplifier and say, you guys are going to have to do fulfillment on this. I had to have a completely different system of how I got the, all the orders over to them because I wasn't set up for that many orders. It was like crazy. I made enough to buy a Rolex watch. So I bought the Rolex watch with the money that I made from t-shirts that I had an idea for. But let me say something else. I didn't design the shirt. I mean, technically, I i guess you could say I art directed it. Yeah. I never touched a shirt physically until I received my own order. I didn't print them. I didn't ship them. I didn't do anything. It was all virtual from my sitting at my desk and from my laptop. Just woke up one morning and had the idea. So what's the lesson in that? The lesson in that is build something that you don't have to do anything and you'll make a lot of money. Take an idea and run with it. The only reason I had that success was because when I woke up the morning after, I was early and I registered the domain and I made the shirt and I put it out there. And that's why I had that success because I was early. You know, being early doesn't always matter, but in this case, it was all about that timing. And I'm not going to say there was luck to it. It wouldn't have been lucky. I didn't wake up feeling lucky. I woke up and said, I'm going to try this today. And so that's what I want you to do is to say to yourself, what's that thing that I'm going to try today that maybe no one else has done yet? And uh, so for those of you who are watching the video, Periscope or YouTube, this is the Philly Special t-shirt. I think this is one of our last ones. We should give them away on the show. Maybe when someone quits or something. And it's a dark green in case that doesn't read on camera. And I, I have a couple of these, but yeah, maybe maybe we would give uh maybe we could give one away. I don't know. I this is an XL. Do we have any more besides this, Hattie? Oh, you don't don't worry about it now. We we're not giving it away right now. So uh but that's it. Listen. 
I've really enjoyed doing this show. I'm going to be doing it every week. It's Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. That's when the show airs. It will be streamed on YouTube. Oh, we do. We have one more. We have a women's extra large and a men's extra large, I think. So first person to ask for that will receive it. The show airs at 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Friday. Would love it if you tune in live. It's on Periscope. It's on YouTube and it's on 5x5.tv slash live. Uh, again, the one thing I'm asking you to do, please tell people about the show, tweet about the show, uh, and, uh, and, and definitely rate it on iTunes. It's back on iTunes, you know, rate it wherever you can in overcast and Spotify and whatever you use. And above all, send me some emails. That's what the show is all about. It's all about answering your questions. So go to quit.show slash contact, or just send an email to me at concerns at quit.show. I'm here to listen. I'm here to help. And uh, can't wait till next week. Hattie, thanks for joining me. And uh, thanks to everybody for listening. We'll see you again next week.